But I want people to look at our life and our business and what we've done for 10 years and recognize that even though the world's changed and the internet has changed, there's one thing that has remained the same. And it's that whatever your God-given gifts are, personality-wise, you're always gonna win with that. There's no way that that won't work for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. Today's guest, who for many needs no introduction, is photographer Caitlin James. Caitlin started her photography business during her junior year of college, and since then has shot hundreds of weddings alongside her husband, Michael and has been featured in national publications such as The Knot, Southern Weddings, and Brides Magazine. Beyond that, Caitlin has influenced the wedding photography industry in so many different ways, especially when it comes to marketing one's business. So it makes sense that thousands of photographers have enrolled in her online courses and in her newest membership program, KJ All Access, where one gets behind-the-scenes access to real weddings, engagement, and portrait shoots. During this interview, I wanted to discuss how Caitlin would market a business if she was starting one today. We reflect on how she built her business, why she started blogging both her professional work and stuff from her personal life, the importance of networking, mistakes she sees businesses make today, and her approach to marketing. Be sure to check out the show notes at Davey and Krista for the resources that we mentioned during this episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what kind of episodes or what episodes you enjoyed so far and why. So to leave your feedback, head on over to the Davey and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Now on to the interview. Well, Caitlin, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that we are finally able to do this. Me too. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, for sure. And when I was uh, brainstorming you know, topics and, and questions, and, and that's the thing about brainstorming topics for this conversation in general. I mean, how long has your business been in, in existence? This is crazy. It's been in existence since, well, 2010. So, I mean, actually, 2000. And eight is when it actually started. I, I feel like it really wasn't a business till 2010 because that's when I really started making money. <laughs> but it, it important so for it's any business. Coming, yes, it's coming up on a decade this yeah, August. That's incredible, and and because of that, there's just uh, there's so many things that you could talk about. I mean, I could have picked I think any business topic, and you could have uh, spoken to it. So that was one of the challenging things. I'm really excited to talk with you about how if you were to start a business today, you know. Yeah how you would go about marketing that business. So I'm really excited to dig into that with you. But also, while I was um, thinking about this uh, this interview and, and just preparing for it, uh, what came to mind was the very first time that I met you. Oh, no. And oh. I don't even know. I don't know. This is, this is fun. Uh, I don't even know if you, you would remember this. 
Um, oh, but dear. it was it was back at Natalie Frank's wedding. All right, because you shot her wedding, you and yeah. uh, you and Michael. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I mean, Krista was the maid of honor, and so yeah. Krista and Natalie were really excited. Um, and I, I knew I knew of you. Um, but we had never met before and, you know, Chris and Natalie, they just go on and, you know, they're so excited to have you, you know, be shooting the wedding. Right. And so, um, we get to the wedding day and I, you know, we never, I don't, I don't think we ever really formally met there, but here's, here's what I remember is I think, um, it was at the reception, Krista, you were taking a picture of Krista and I think Natalie together. And, uh, and I, and one of my friends who was also there photobombed the, the picture and I remember you looking at me, and it was with this look that was both simultaneously sweet and terrifying, all right? <laughs> Basically, like, you need to get out of my shot right now. And, <laughs> this is Natalie Frank's wedding. Don't mess it yeah, up. Yeah, this is, well, you know, and, it, it's, and, and, you know, in your defense, it was, it was one of the, it was a photo that definitely shouldn't have somebody photobot, right? The bride and the maid of honor, you know, so I, I definitely deserved it. <laughs> But that's I hilarious i don't even remember that yeah i but just remember thinking go to myself, back and find it oh yeah i mean i think um you, it, that probably got cold you know that what <laughs> that picture <laughs> i mean the the next picture you took of them without me in it i'm sure it made it but um <laughs> that picture probably got cold and i just remember thinking to myself oh man that was that was kind of scary I, I feel like that's a look maybe you reserve for like michael you know if, it's like a yeah. typical parent look you know like i wonder if oh, you use it with evie if it's evolved into that where you know, only only the person that that's being looked at knows that any anything's wrong. You know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's it's kind of the the look that I give Michael when I'm like, move that flash, move it, <laughs> move the flash. You know. Oh, I know I know the look exactly that you're talking about, and I'm so sorry you experienced it in the context. <laughs> and that was our first interaction. No, I, I was you know looking back, just kind of impressed. You know. But oh. anyways, so moving <laughs> on, a couple years you know a couple years go by. Um, Natalie, Krista, Huey, and I have founded the Rising Tide Society. And uh, again, by then, I, d- I definitely knew who you were, and you had this great reputation. And I always joke around with Tyler Harrington because our, our you know, he, if you listen to his interview, even on my podcast, but I also think on his podcast, you're on his podcast, he okay. talks about how he was, you know, a KJ fangirl, right? Yes. Yes. And, um, and still kind, he still kind of claims that title, yeah. which I think is very endearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very proud of that. Um, but you know, my, I, I feel like my, I'm just not that kind of person, you know? And so Chris and Natalie go on and on about you. I'm like, guys, okay, listen, chill. Like I'm sure Caitlin's <laughs> great, but you need, you need to chill a little bit. Um, but I'm very, I'm very boring in real life. Actually. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I remember we were starting the first, um, RTS summit. And we, you know, had never really dealt with webinars before. Mm-hmm. And so we, we weren't sure how we were going to, you know, execute it. And um, so we were kind of brainstorming, like, who can we reach out to to help us with this? And we ultimately reached out to you. And this was really my first, I think, true interaction with you. And I remember um, getting off that call with you and turning to the girls and being like, okay, now I get it. You know, now I get why people love you so much um, just because, and, and I, I think this is true of both you and Michael, that when you're around people, you're just so present, 
You know, it's, I mean, you guys, I think you could characteristic, you know, I mean, you guys are definitely busy people, but when you're interacting with people, you just, it just feels like, you know, you're the only person being, being spoken to. Uh, and I think that's a gift that both you and Michael have. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> so, you know, is that, is in that moment that I kind of, I kind of got, okay, this is why, you know, because I think the Caitlin that we see on Instagram and through the blog and, um, you know, all these different channels is the Caitlin that you get in real life. Um, oh, so, and, and that's I, always the goal. And so it's so encouraging that that is what people experience because you don't know if that's what people experience because sure. you can't know that. So that's, thank you. That's a, that's good to hear. <laughs> well, that has to be, and I think that's a good segue into what we're talking a bit about today, because to me, uh, from an outsider looking in, that mm -hmm. has to be at least a, a little bit of the reason why your businesses have right. been so successful. It's just right. because you come across in a way that's true to yourself in all that you do marketing your businesses. Right. Uh, so I'm excited to dig into that with you. Me too. Me too. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because as I was thinking about this, the foundation of what I feel like you're probably going to ask me comes down to, to really that. And so I'm, we're, we're starting well, everything's yeah. going to be, easy. I can feel it. Good deal. Good deal. So we do start every interview off, um, with just, you know, I want to, I want to hear about how you started your business back in 2008, you know, uh, when you weren't making any money and then how that transitioned into making money in 2010 and so on. Um, so I want to hear about that. Uh, and I'm sure listeners do too, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening already know you and already familiar with you, but for those who aren't, you know, where'd you get started? Oh gosh, that's a good question. And I feel like every time I answer this question, I give a different um, explanation because there's so much that has happened in a decade of business. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, the basics are I started in college. Uh, I was a junior and I realized I, I had an internship being a graphic designer. I was in an office in a cubicle and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what my day in and day out is going to look like. I'm going to pack a lunch. I'm going to get there. I'm going to have a boss that's changing everything that I designed. I don't like this. And I, <laughs> I want to work well. So um, I started doing photography. And I honestly, I started before the wave hit, right before the wave of tons of people getting into photography because of the internet and because of how easy it was to market online. I, I just kind of got in before that big wave came. And so, um, started growing the business, started shooting weddings. Michael eventually joined me a couple years after we got married. We became a full blown husband and wife team. Um, and then we transitioned into starting kind of our second business off of Caitlin James photography, which was Caitlin James education. And, um, and that was, uh, a huge turning point because I started realizing as much as I love serving clients as a wedding photographer, I really loved educating people and allowing people to see like, I can do this too. Like I can be a photographer too. And I, and I can make this happen for myself. So Caitlin James education was born from Caitlin James photography. Um, and now honestly, we educate more than we shoot. Um, and that has been a, a I think something has come about as we have become parents. Um, and so the evolution of our business just continues to move forward. And I, I feel like I have a picture of what's coming next. Um, but every time we enter, like every two years, I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know? <laughs> and so, um, and so that's what I'm excited about is I think that we're in a really cool place where we get to help people, but we still have 10 to 12 clients a year that we're shooting weddings. And so I'm still in the grind of being a wedding photographer, but it's not, 
the shooting 40 to 50 weddings a year like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad we did that hustle phase where we basically just worked because I learned a lot during that phase. Um, and, and I think it set it up, set us up for where we are now. So, yeah. Yeah. so going back in time, back to 2008, 2010, when did you learn that photography was going to be a business for you? You know, like when did you learn, like, when did you have that, um, the, the flip switch from just it being something you like to do to being, Oh, I have a steady stream of clients now. This is a thing. Right. I, um, I think for me, honestly, uh, it's when I started, this is going to sound dumb. When I first started getting like checks that were like four digits, you know, uh-huh. like when, when I got a deposit that wasn't two fifty, it was like seven fifty, And then I got a final payment for 1200. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this, is, this could legitimately, like this could be a thing. And I honestly, I started when I graduated college. Um, I think it really hit me that like, this was going to be my thing. Um, this is what I want to try to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I was like, you know what, I'm not going to apply for jobs. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to just graduate college. And my goal was to make, I have it on a post-it note that I wrote in college to make $24,000 a year. That's what I wanted to make. Um, and, and I made that um, within my first couple of years of business, you know, not combined. I mean, each mm-hmm. year is 20 something. Um, but that's so funny to me. Like that was my goal. I just need to make 20 grand after expenses. That's my goal. And um, and when I did that during college, I think that's when I realized I, I could actually do this. And um, so, yeah, it was when I decided my college roommates are applying for all these jobs and internships, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and hope that it works. That, and that's so funny you say that because I remember when Krista started uh, in photography as well, and it was a similar feeling where all of a sudden she's making over $1,000 per wedding. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if you shot 30 of these a year, then you're like over $30,000. And as a teacher, I mean, I mean, first of all, um, like I'm not going to diminish twenty or thirty thousand dollars. That's a that's a lot of money. Right. Um, oh, but yeah. at the same time, as a teacher, I mean, I was making probably forty five thousand dollars a year. So right. thirty thousand dollars a year. I mean, that was almost my salary by doing this. You know, at, at the time, you know, it kind of the side hustle. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, it's just this incredible, I think, light bulb moment. Like, oh my gosh, there's uh, there's so much potential here. But yes. Going back to um, as it takes off, what was what was driving the growth of your business? Was it just that you know you would shoot a wedding and other people would hear about you through word of mouth, or um, you know what was what were driving those inquiries? Um, so, the, I think what's important is I, I remember back when I started, um, I followed Jasmine Starr. She was literally one of the only photographers. Her uh, Jessica Claire Becker, which. I mean, some of these people don't even, I don't even, I don't know if he shoots anymore, but there were like five people that I followed blogs and, and they were the only people I could really find that actually blogged somewhat regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just followed what Jasmine was doing. I started blogging all the time. Um, and I would sit in like communications class and I'd look across the room and there'd be like three girls looking at my blog post because <laughs> I found out from another girl in another comm class, like, Oh, this girl's getting in. She started her own business. She's doing a thing called blog. And, um, so the blog took off because there wasn't a lot of people to compete with. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started creating content that way. And little did I know I was only doing that because I couldn't afford to pay for paid advertising. Mm-hmm. That's all reason but the cool thing is is that I literally that was like the jackpot because I grew to number one um, SEO wise I mean if you look for Virginia wedding photographer even though I haven't been blogging recently I'm still like on the front page and that really set me up for success but 
I think the fact that I was sharing the way that I was, um, I wasn't busy enough because I was a full-time college student. I wasn't busy enough to share professional work every day. So what happened was I, uh, I started sharing about my life instead. <laughs> I got to fill in the blanks somehow, so I'm going to share about my life. And that was another jackpot moment where I thought, I'm just trying to get by. But really, it was genius because not only were people not blogging as much, they really weren't blogging and sharing their personal life. Mm -hmm. So people would get to know me online. Then they'd meet me in real life. And surprisingly, I think I matched what they hoped that I would be. And then it was just this natural, like, oh, you got to work with her. And um, and I didn't realize that was happening until years later. I'm like, why is this going so well? <laughs> I don't know why this is working. And I honestly, it has so much to do with the way that we made people feel. And I was thinking about, you know, this whole conversation earlier today. And I was thinking about how uh, I really think the way that we approach making friends, you know, is the same way that we should approach business running. Like mm -hmm. if, if you go out on a double date, you and Krista with a new couple, you never met them before, but you're trying to have more community or something, you know, you go out to eat, you're sitting at the restaurant, you're going to hope that that client gets in the, or that client, that <laughs> gets in the car, <laughs> that gets in the car and says to their spouse or their significant other, like, oh, that was so fun. Like I loved hanging out with them. Maybe, maybe text them, see if they want to go like to a baseball game next week. I want engaged couples to leave their engagement session being like, that was so much better than I thought. Like I loved hanging out with them. And that is how I've run my business. And, and everything comes back to how you make people feel. And there are traits to being a people person that I think are naturally ingrained and it just comes natural. But I've learned through our posing course, anyone can be trained to know how to make people feel loved and cared about. And business and friendships go hand in hand. And I just wish more people knew that. So I think that's why we grew. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was really you, um, I guess, it generated uh, that persona. Not that it was a persona, but you, um, you communicated that rather through your blog back in 2008, 2010. You're not only blogging weddings at that point, but you're blogging, you know, personal stuff as well. Sure. Do you still blog? I mean, you still blog personal stuff, though. So it, it seems like to a certain extent, your strategy hasn't changed all that much. I mean, you still you still blog personal stuff. Do you still think that there's value in that? Yeah. And, and I think um, I honestly think that that is the only thing that has lasted. You know, the blog is not what it used to be. The mm -hmm. blog used to be people. People would refer about my blog as the blog to other people who have blogs. I'm like, wait, wait, it's. You, they don't know what you're talking about, but that's how big of a deal it was. Like, oh, you're going to be on her blog. And and now it's not really like that anymore because the internet has changed. Um, but the thing that is the same is the style of content that I'm sharing. And I think that's what's important. Um, you know, we just recently went through a hard season, mm -hmm. lost our son, and I realized, like, gosh, the internet is desperate for realness and vulnerability not for the sake of getting response, but for the sake of recognizing that like someone else's story can impact someone else's life in a really positive way. Um, and so whether you're sharing something that's heartbreaking, but hopeful at the same time, like our recent story, or whether you're sharing things like what I shared, you know, a couple days ago, like pictures of our family life from the last six months, just pictures of our daughter. Um, people relate to that because 
I have to remember the people that I'm trying to bring into my business. Um, the only thing that I can relate to them is like that I'm a real human being. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not just a wedding photographer because if I only shared my work, then I'm only giving one category of connection for people to be able to resonate with me. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there will ever be a time in my life where I don't share who I am personally on the blog um, or through Instagram or through any whatever other social media comes out in the next decade. I will <laughs> always share that part of my story because I know that like personality wins. It always wins, even though the method of where we're sharing it has changed so much. So so how do you decide? Because I, I think, um, how do you decide what to share personally? Because I, I got to imagine that there are some areas of uh, uh, one's life that don't make it onto the blog or don't make it onto social media. So how do people navigate that? Um, what's, you know, what's too much to share? Uh, do you have, I mean, uh, this is going to sound silly, but do you have like a formula? I mean, that sounds so contrived, but, uh, do you yep. have some, some formula for how much personal stuff you share to how much, uh, you know, of your work that you share? Because I got to imagine too, that even though people might fall in love with you and your personality, they also want to know that when you show up on their wedding day, that you're yeah. going to be able to do a good job, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, are you gonna show up and bring your 16 month old? <laughs> that's all I see you post. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's a great question. I think there's a lot of filters that I use. Um, one, I feel like you can share um, pretty much any part of your life, even the hard stuff, if you, share struggles victoriously, mm -hmm. you know, you know, we, we felt pretty hopeless, you know, losing a baby at points, but I would never share something unless I'd gotten to a point where I'm like, Hey, this sucks. And this is what's really, really hard. But I've, there's something hopeful that I'm learning in, in all the pain, there's a little bit of hope and there's victory. And I can share that victory because honestly, I think people want social media. Um, I think they want it to be inspiring, entertaining, um, and, and helpful in some way to take their life to a next level, to learn something. Um, and if it's none of those things, then it's either something just self-promoting, mm -hmm. something that's going to make people jealous, um, or something that's just self-seeking, and that's a real big turnoff to people. And so for me, we share the wins and the hard parts of our life, but only in a way that it's going to help people and not just bring, you know, you don't want to be the negative Nancy of Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's a filter I use. Uh, I also think that um, you know, when we share personal things about um, our life, we have to balance it with making sure that we still have professional posts. When I look at my grid you know, on Instagram or if I think about blog posts, you know, I want to make sure that it's not just a list of personal posts and like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm also a wedding photographer. Here's an engagement <laughs> session. Um, so I do try to balance that, and I, I think that um, – I think ultimately, though, it's important to think about the season that you're in. You know, we have such a personal brand that people actually, after we lost um, James, our son, back in May, um, I had to postpone tons of shoots. And I, I picked back up as soon as, you know, I was off of recovering and like kind of maternity leave. I shot like six engagement sessions in two weeks and I blog really quickly. So all of a sudden people were having like, engagement session, engagement session. I had so many people in tune with like the series of events that just happened that people would email me and be like, Caitlin, I, I really hope you're not doing too much. I hope you're not pushing yourself too much. And I'm like, isn't it interesting that people are so engaged with like the series of events in our life that they're worried because all of a sudden I went from being super personal to super mm -hmm. professional. 
So it, it is, people pay attention to that. And I have to be careful about it that I don't do too much of one thing. Um, but honestly, I, I ride the waves as they happen. And this year was a lot of personal. And then we just recently kicked back into professional. And um, But it's interesting. I, I'll blog an engagement session after that hard season. And I started the blog post with like, a lot of you know that we haven't been around professionally the last couple months, and here's why. And you can read the post here about our story. Um, and it was never like this, I'm trying to hide something. Yeah, you know? it wasn't a surprise to people. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that helps. I don't know if that answers that question, but I, I do think there's filters. And I think that um, the biggest filter I find, people need to know what's too much to share. And I need to make sure Evie can read this stuff, and be, I would be proud of it years from now mm-hmm. and I want to make sure I'm positive and encouraging without sugarcoating the hard stuff of life. So if I can share it victoriously, even though it's hard, um, and if I'm going to be proud of it decades from now, um, and it's not going to embarrass my kids years from now, <laughs> uh, I think it's okay. And I think it actually makes me human the more that I can share um, within those parameters. Sure. So if we were going to fast forward in time, so let's say uh, the Caitlin James brand, Caitlin James brand as we know it doesn't exist, which okay. that's that's hard to that's hard to think about just because of the ways in which you've influenced our industry. But Aww. let's let's use our imagination and and try to and try to say that okay, Caitlin James brand doesn't exist, and you wanted to build a photography business today. Yeah, where would you even start? Oh, that's so hard. I know that's such a broad question, but, but you especially. Know. Oh, go ahead. I, so, well, I was just going to say, I, I have thought about this before, even before I knew this call was coming. And I have thought to myself how um, panicky I might have felt because there is this sense when you're like a go-getter mindset, like that's mm-hmm. how I'm wired. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Um, I feel like there would be a sense of panic that could set in because there's so much to overcome. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much competition. And when I started, I didn't have that. Um, or I didn't feel that in the same way that I think I would feel if I started right now. And so but, I just want to put that out there. It's definitely hard. And I, I, I want to put a caveat in there because it wasn't as if there were no other photographers when you, right. and, and I think, again, that speaks to the way in which you built your business is that you've you've changed the industry, I think, in, in so many different ways or affected change in the industry in so many different ways because I'm sure there are plenty of photographers. But there are, you know, there. I, I think that there weren't, like you said, there weren't a ton of photographers who were blogging per, like you know, blogging uh, in general, blogging a mix of personal stuff and uh, professional stuff. So I think the way in which you went about your business made it feel like maybe there was less competition than there actually was. Yes, it was almost like I was paving my own way, and honestly, the hard part about that um, that I had to just kind of like decide which way I was going to approach it was when I started teaching other people how to do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, <clears throat> it wasn't just, oh, book Caitlin, because she's super personable, and you can't get to know any of these other photographers, really. You yeah. know, they don't share anything. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, no. There's like seven other photographers in my area that are killing it. Mm-hmm. And I taught them some of this stuff, and I can't take credit for their growth. But I knew that I had taught them, like, some things, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, now I just created a <laughs> and and I can either be bitter about that <clears throat> but if I'm going to be bitter about that then I have no right to be an educator sure because you can't you can't be an educator and then not like the fact that what you're teaching is working and now you have competition yeah. um so instead I just had to view it as you know what 
I know that there's only one me. There, there's never going to be. So I'm going to dive in deeper to the fact that there's only one me, and I'm going to keep sharing the heart out of Caitlin and Michael's story and who I am, what I love, what I don't love, what I'm passionate about, what I'm not. And I'm going to hope that that stands firm as a foundation for my business, and I don't really have competition, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, I definitely I, – did I answer that question? I <laughs> well, just if you were to start today, what, what marketing channel like would yes. you focus on? Would it be – would you uh, – I'm sure at some level you would have a blog, right? But would that be yes. your, your biggest focus? Yeah, I don't think it would be. But um, like I said before, I think the style of what I would share yeah, would be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the content would be the same to market, even if I started today from scratch. But the method in which I shared it probably wouldn't be as much focused on everyone get to the blog. It would be more th- more so through Instagram, which is more readily accessible. People can check in and see more of what it's like micro blogging in a way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I would still blog for the sake of um, SEO. Um, I would want a place to archive a portfolio of my work to show that I'm busy and that I'm thriving. Um, even you know, Instagram can do that in a way, but not the same way. Um, I want, I would want to have a blog to highlight my couples and to write more about them than just, you know, a paragraph on Instagram and to save that for families to be able to go and visit. But I I think it would still be worth it. It just wouldn't be as powerful as it used to be. And and I think it's important for me to recognize that because it's very easy to, when you experience the growth from a blog, like I have, I remember a couple years ago, someone said like, Caitlin, you got to admit blogging's not the same. And I think I was having a little bit of denial. (laughs) No, it's still the same. It's it's still great. But honestly, it has changed and it's not as vital to my business as it used to be. So if I was starting over, I think that what I would do is uh, I, you know, I would focus on marketing in a way that um that allowed what has worked in the past, which is personality, client service, the way that I make people fall in love with our relationship between me and other people. Whatever I'm doing to make people love me, I would stick to that, but I would do it through networking and I would do it through other forms of social media. Um, and blogging would be the secondary thing that I use social media to push people towards. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, meet me this way, fall in love with me through blogging. Um, and I, I think that that would probably be my my approach, whereas um, if I was starting a business where I was selling something online, maybe I wasn't trying to be a wedding photographer, then I would approach paid advertising on, online because it would be an online business that I needed to get, I need to funnel some people in my direction so I could actually reach them. Whereas now I was thinking like, gosh, how do I know that there are new photographers in Richmond where I live? Um, and the answer to that is because I've talked to other people who have worked with them mm-hmm. and, I, and they're like, Oh, have you heard of so-and-so? She's new, but she's great. And I'll look her up on Instagram. When I find her on Instagram, something she's posted is engaging enough for me to remember her and then when people email me, they're like, hey, I can't afford $10,000 for a photographer. Do you have someone more in the $2,500 range? I'm like, oh, yeah, so-and-so just told me about this new girl in Richmond, and I send her to So there's a lot of things that happen there. One, that person, that new person, made themselves available to be able to be known by one of my friends, mm-hmm. had a great experience in person with her. Then I found her online and found her to be personable, and I referred her. And I, and I think, honestly, if I was starting, that's how I would – win at creating a business now is the networking side and that would be i almost said sponsored by or uh, supported by a great online presence so i think 
Is that, is that an no, that, and there's so much to go through there. One, I'm glad that you mentioned blogging just in general. It's it yeah. definitely not what it used to be, and, and nothing is, right? Everything evolves. Um, but what's interesting about uh, SEO and, and uh, Google search traffic, right, is that we've come a pretty much, we've come kind of full circle in that um, for the first time since 2014, Google search uh, traffic has outpaced um, social media referral traffic, which I thought was really interesting. I, I think if I asked 10 people like, hey, what do you think the biggest source of referral traffic is nowadays, people would say social media. But the truth is, is that in 2017, at least, it was Google. So I still think that blogging has a, a place. And also, I think of what, what I hear you say is just there's this, um, there's this almost story that uh, clients go through from, mm -hmm. you know, getting to know you in that handshake through, you know, as you put it, falling in love with you through yes. uh, the blog and different yeah. channels are meant for different, different things. Yes. For networking specifically, where mm -hmm. should people get started? Because I think there's a lot of people that, that terrifies them, like showing up and, and handing out business cards or something like that. Like, how would you recommend somebody go about networking? Okay. I don't, I don't want this to seem like I am really watering down the complexity of how hard networking is. Mm -hmm. But uh, go back to like the double date example. Like what about sitting down with somebody and hanging out with them? What makes people want to be your friend? Like that's what I'm constantly pulled back to. And normally when I think about meeting new people and really loving being around them, they are, they're positive. Um, we have a term that we use in our life. They're life giving. Like I leave them and I feel like energized and like more positive after leaving their conversation. Um, and a lot of times that comes from people being really interested in me, which sounds selfish, but like we're all human. I think it's really special when people are, are really engaged in asking me questions about my life. And I'm like, oh, they want to get to know me. This is great. I Well, that's so sweet of them. And I have this great conversation where it's not painfully hard to talk. And, and I think a lot of times people worry so much about like the networking professional side of everything. Whereas if they walked into a scenario where they're meeting up with a planner that they've never met, or they're trying to get to know another photographer, they're going to second shoot for, you know, if they just worry about like, I just want to become friends with these people, that is way more appealing than anything else that they could do. So don't worry about showing them a portfolio. Don't worry about talking about, Oh, how much experience you've had. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, make sure they know I did this, this, and this. Just worry about forming a friendship. And, and and I think that is, sounds so simple, but that is how I have formed so many friendships in the past. So. Yeah, and I, I got to imagine that's a, you know, as you just shared with, um, through the story of figuring out who, who's new in your area, um, even one relationship, the amount of opportunities that that can create, you know, uh, and I just think like somebody who's just getting started, if they go to a networking event and, you know, they, they hit it off with a, a planner, you know, that they're yeah. just trying to get to know, as, as you said, like as a friend almost, um, yeah. not only could that lead to um, inquiry or more inquiries or referrals from that planner, but then also meeting other people in the industry, you know, right. and I think that, yeah. and then you meet somebody else and it leads to more inquiries and more referrals. Yeah. And, and I think it's so important to be the person that a planner or another photographer meets that they enjoy just being around and not like, oh, that person, they just want to get bookings. Like they're just in it for them. Like mm -hmm. that's never going to work. And and I think about that, um, you know, Tyler and Ashley Harrington are a great example of um, 
they weren't trying to network with us when they met us, but they genuinely helped. Like they had a genuine, a genuine interest in like helping us with our business, with their gifts and their abilities. Like Tyler's like, Kayla, have you ever thought about doing more videos online? (laughs) And now our entire business is like videos online. (laughs) Um, but when Tyler offered for like that part of our business to grow and he was like, genuinely, like, I just think I could help you with that. And now who is the number one videographer that we tell everyone that we need to work with? I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I give people discounts if they'll book them because that's how much I want to work with them. So like brides will say, Hey, the Harringtons are too expensive. And I'm like, Hey, I'll take a thousand dollars off if you work with them because I love working with them. So how did the Harringtons get to be that place in our business relationship? It started with they genuinely just wanted to be friends mm-hmm. and they wanted to help us. And it was nothing selfish about it because for years, honestly, they just continually were just so giving towards us and so sweet. And I'm, of course, I want to work with them because of how much I enjoy being around them. And so I, I think that, uh, you know, it comes back to having a lot of confidence in the way that you make friendships. And if your heart's in the right place, you have nothing to worry about. You know, you just need to walk into those situations and make sure that people know, like, you just want to get to know them and, mm-hmm. and you form a community with them and not just give me some bookings, you know, refer me, refer me. I'm so sick of hearing people say that, you know? So. Yeah. And I, and I like what you said about, or I don't want people to glance over the fact that you said it, it took years you know, like that relationship for, with with the Harringtons, right? It took years, and so yeah. that, that's a, I mean, that's a long time, right? It, but think about, um, think about what the impact that that's had on the the Harringtons business, let's say, you know, and the people that they've gotten to to meet through you, and so definitely, I think worth it. And uh, and again, I don't want to make it sound like oh, you're, they're just building business connections, right? Because you guys are really good friends, yes, um, yes as well. Yes. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make we, it sound like jokes. that either. No, we joke about that all the time. We're like, guys, we're real friends. We're not, <laughs> we're not just blog friends. We're real friends. Um, but I think, honestly, for other people, uh, they would be. It would be in their best interest to form friendships like that, and and it can be life changing to mm-hmm. have. You know, I would say a lot of our, even you know, you guys like you and and Krista you know, are some of our good friends, and um, we we're not friends because we want to get bookings from each other. <laughs> Um, but there's positive things business-wise that come from investing in the people that are in your industry instead mm-hmm. of refraining and, and being pulled away in opposite directions. So, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think in a nutshell, you got to form friendships and genuinely care about people. That makes a huge difference, not just with networking, but with your clients as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, while it might take longer to do that than to create a beautiful Instagram feed, that the results are much more long-term and powerful than, you know, building a a pretty Instagram feed. But I don't want to downplay uh, channels like um, social media. So you're you're starting your business. Networking is definitely one of the first things that you would do, I'm hearing you say. After that, moving on to, would it be social media? I also do want to ask you, and I don't want to—I don't want to get ahead of myself here—but I want to ask you about email lists because we hear a lot about email lists now, yeah. and yeah. I definitely—we um, didn't build our photography business using an email list, you know. No. So when I hear people say you have to have an email list, I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure you have to have any specific channel. You know, you can make right. it work with just word right. of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am interested in hearing whether you think that has a place for you know a photographer or a planner or a florist who's building a a service-based business so yeah 
I'll just put it in your court. Where do you think, like, where do you start there? Social media wise, where do you start? Social media wise, I think if you were starting right now in this day and age, mm-hmm. I still think Instagram is where it's at as far as being noticed and getting engagement. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard to start a feed like that, but you have to view, um, you have to view that method of engagement as it's a support system for what you're portraying in real life. So don't view Instagram as like, oh my gosh, I've, I've got to pay to get follower. I got to get some people looking at my stuff. No, you you want to be extremely personable and strategic in what you're sharing. Um, share who you are. Don't hold back in that area so that when you meet people and they start following you, that's supporting who they met. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's really important. And honestly, like the example I gave before, that's why I choose to refer people that I hear about through word of mouth because I look them up and I'm like, oh, I like what they're putting out there. So mm-hmm. it's supporting the rumor that I heard about them. And, and that makes a big difference in who I choose to connect myself with. So that's one way. Um, and I think Instagram then allows you to send people elsewhere. So you do a blog post where you're creating this archive of this client you worked and all this great stuff that you did. You can push them to the blog from Instagram. I think that's important. Um, but when it comes to like email list and, and thinking about how does that play out? Like if I started my business right now, not the education side, but just the wedding photography side, yeah. would email list be a huge part of that? It's funny. I had a newsletter way back then. Honestly, I, I collected email addresses. Way ahead of the curve, at least in our industry. Yes. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, but I didn't do anything with it because I was like, I would send a few newsletters and it would be literally like, guys, guess what? We got a puppy and I shot three <laughs> weddings. And I'm like, why am I emailing people this? I think it's a way to let people know that you're busy, that cool stuff is happening. But when you really think about bringing a lead in as a wedding photographer, this is not a reoccurring thing. You get married mm-hmm. once. Hopefully. Uh, you get, yeah. And and so what we would have to do, if you want to use email list um, in a way that really, really worked, you'd have to get some type of lead magnet out there. You'd have to be attracting engaged people in some way, maybe with some tips or tricks about like, hey, are you about to be engaged? Like, and that's hard to do. Yeah. How do you find people that are not quite engaged or about to be engaged? Then you, they've got to come on your list at the right time to where you can help them and train them into like, oh my gosh, this is all great content. I'm getting this photographer. I should book her. And then you're trying to convert someone to spend not like $29 on a digital (laughs) download. You're wanting them to convert to thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all that, you got to think about it this way, all the effort that goes into creating that funnel to work, to make a conversion is what else could you be doing with that time? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, That's, and I I know that there are some um, digital marketers out there that completely disagree with this opinion. But in my world, um, I I just don't know if that would effectively do what I want it to do. And I would rather put my effort into hosting a KJ Brad and Groom cookout at our house where you can bring your maid of honor and your best, the guy's best friend as well. That is way more effective to get me more weddings than Mm -hmm. to put all this effort into an email funnel. And I want to I want to talk about that specifically in a second because uh, I'm interested in hearing more about that. And I know that you're one. I think one of the the things people know about your business is how good you are at creating a community. Um, but the last thing about the email list, because I've thought about that a lot too. And with with 
weddings, especially the, the time frame in which you have to nurture somebody is just so short. Yes. But if you're a family photographer, maybe, and you do many sessions every, every year, then mm-hmm. it, then it might be, you know, then it's something where, yeah, yeah. man, I, I really wish I'd have those, those emails so that come October every year, I can just blast out people who I know are already interested in this. Yeah. Um, but I would agree with, with weddings that the time frame is just, it's just too short to nurture. And yeah. Time is probably better spent. Tell us about, so what are these things you do? You, would you, do you still do the cookout uh, every year? Well, we- Or a form so, of it? Yeah, yes. I mean, we wanted to do one this year. It was supposed to be May or June. Mm-hmm. And of course, life threw us a big curveball with losing James. And so we haven't done one this year because we've been trying to get back on our feet. But we literally built our house to be able to serve with our business in a way that I don't think other people have really ever done. And obviously, I know- that you can't be like, you know what? I'm going to host cookouts. Let's build a house. You know, that's that's not what you do. But we were in a place in our life where we knew we wanted to put down roots. And grew, we grew up in the country. I wanted to grow up in the country. And I knew, like, I want to be able to invite 50 couples into the country and have a barbecue in the backyard and not have an HOA yell at us. <laughs> we literally, we just have this vision of, um, you know, we are there for this important part of our couple's days. Um, we want to invest in their life beyond just getting a big check from them and then delivering a massive gallery to them. If that's the only transaction that happens between us, I'm going to die a very unfulfilled person. Um, so we want to pour into their lives and what better way to have them join in, in our life and feel like they were changed by us than to let them actually come to our home. So we've only lived in this house for a year and a half. So we haven't had a lot of time to do a lot of things, but we did have a cookout last year and it was so much fun. We had a couple drive down from New York City to wow. come to our house for a cookout. And it was great because like the sun was setting. I took a few engagement pictures for each couple. And all at the end of the night, they're like, can we do this again? I'm like, <laughs> sure. Like, this is great. So honestly, our biggest problem is our past KJ brides and KJ couples they're mad that they didn't get to come to the house because they weren't 2016 couples. And I'm like, guys, we have 300 couples that we've worked with. I can't invite 300 people. That'd be like hosting a wedding at our house. (laughs) So, but it works. Like it is not just about marketing um, and having those brides and those couples talk about how much they loved getting to revisit with their wedding photographer for their Mm. anniversary photos. It's not just about that. It's about the fact that, you know, we have a relationship with Jen, Jen and Gino, for example, um, that we never would have had if we literally were just transactional. And now we have this friendship with them that goes far beyond just being clients. And, and we just have a whole, a whole talk that I do about building community over just customers. And I, no matter what I am serving people with or selling online or doing business wise, that will always be our mantra because it works and it is more fulfilling than just running a business for the sake of making money. And do you still have a, you, but even online, you know, those relationships online, you have a group for your brides, right? Yes. Yeah. Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what's interesting about that too, again, uh, being head, ahead of the curve, uh, Facebook has recently announced in the last year that they are kind of discounting the business page and they're, they're prioritizing groups and family and friends and connections and things like that. So you have this group of brides and I imagine that the value they offer each other, mm-hmm. um, it goes beyond that you just chiming in and providing value for them on how they can take, you know, how they can make the most of their wedding day, but they probably add a ton of value for each other. Yeah. And I, what I love the most is that it's a lot of those brides now are moms. Mm -hmm. So there's posts in there about 
moms and, and things that moms need to help each other with. There's people who are like, hey, um, you know, we're looking to buy our first house. And they ask, you know, opinions and advice to other brides who are three years ahead who've already done that step of life. And the goal is not, you know, to have real estate leads being passed around. The goal <laughs> is for when people think about Caitlyn Jane's photography, years after they got married, they still find value in working with us. Mm -hmm. They still think like, you know what, I don't know what to do about this, but oh, maybe the KJ brides would know. Like there's there's just this community mindset that I want people to feel. And, and I'll be honest, like as we've gone from shooting 50 weddings a year, 42, 50 weddings a year to, um, to 10, I've got to be more strategic. That means I'm only adding 10 people a year instead mm -hmm. of adding 40. That's four times less than what I had. And so the conversation can sometimes dwindle when there's less people. But the nurturing of community is still the same. And so even if I have to pop in there and I'm like, guys, we have a new 2019 KJ Bride. Welcome her. Like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. People get excited all over again. Um, people in those Facebook groups were so supportive for us, like for, you know, losing James and walking through that season. Like, we got more gifts in the mail from KJ Brides than I ever imagined. I mean, every yeah. day we were getting Amazon deliveries. And I'm like, this person I shot their wedding 2011. And they're still committed to following our story, which is awesome. Yeah, and if they're that committed to you, you got to imagine too. And and this is not why you do it, uh, as you've made clear. But uh, as it as a result of that community and that and fostering that community, you got to imagine that when they have a friend that's going to get married and that friend is asking for vendor recommendations, that your name comes up. And, yeah. and because not only because you're a great wedding photographer, but for all of these other reasons of, and how you're invested in, in their lives. Right. Right. And, and the great example of that is, um, you know, we, so I'm shooting a wedding in uh, DC. It's a really nice wedding. It's going to be up north next year. Shot this bride's sister's wedding like two or three years ago at Pippin Hill. This past week, this bride's mom sent me a letter and like a gift in the mail talking about how my story with uh, James's life has really hit home for her because she had also lost a baby. And, and um, I think about all that's happening with this one family. And I think about the impact that we've been able to have by saying yes to this one wedding. Um, and I'm like, this is what it's all about. This is exactly what I want to happen. I want to book people because they love us, but also because God's allowing us to have an impact on their life in a way that I never thought I could until I allowed myself to view my business in a different way. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the other thing that's interesting is you, what you said about people, you know, booking because they're asking, Asking friends like hey who should I work with there's a lot of people that probably hear us being referred that will never ever book us because we're too expensive mm -hmm. um, but it's the bridesmaids that remember three years ago what I was like in the bridal suite what Michael was like with the groomsmen how we handled ourselves at the reception those are the people who are like you know what I saw them they match with what they're like online I'm gonna splurge and I'm gonna be a KJ bride you know and yeah. I, I only need 10 of those a year now so I just have to keep doing what I'm doing, but I have to be more intentional about the experience in person. It's not just a, you know, a numbers game on Instagram like some people think it is. Well, I think that's something that's becoming really clear to me through this conversation is that you're not necessarily worried about what Joe Schmo photographer's doing and how many followers they have on Instagram and you know whether they're educating people or this and that. And I think that's the kind of stuff that so many people get caught up in and they yeah. look at that as their picture of success. You're just hyper-focused on serving your, your the clients you do have 
as mm-hmm. well as you possibly can. And you've created this experience. You've taken what, what could be just a one day experience and you've turned it into an experience that, you know, through things like a Facebook group and a cookout and, you know, so many other different uh, aspects lasts 365 days a year. And you just serve those people really well. And as a result, you know, you're finding more clients. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the point I want to make sure about. I don't want it to seem like I don't worry about other people because sure. I yeah. actually have to choose to believe like sometimes I think, Caitlin, you don't know what the rest of the industry is doing. You're behind. You're outdated. You, you're missing the mark. Like all these photographers aren't doing what you're doing and that makes you wrong. But then I have to remind myself of what you just said. Like, no, no, no. That's not what everything about my business that I've done because it was my idea and I wasn't looking at all the noise of the rest of the industry. Um, those are the ideas that still work. And it's not just Caitlin James photography. Like that's the case. Caitlin James education is the same way. Mm-hmm. Like it, people were doing a certain method of things even a year ago and we weren't really thriving with it. We were trying it, but it wasn't working great. And so one night I had this idea and it was, it was this idea to let people follow me around like behind the scenes. And, um, it was crazy because who in their right mind would let someone see the behind the scenes of shooting a wedding every single time. It's like the Instagram stories to the, like if, if, if courses, if like your, if your, if your normal online course is Instagram, I feel like this is the Instagram stories of that, you know, like people get to see real weddings, real issues, you know, kind of as they unfold in you know, almost yeah. real time. I know you go and you, you know, edit the footage. So it's not just eight hours, but, right. um, right. but it, but it's one of those things where that idea, um, I got so nervous that like it was going to be horrible because it wasn't what the rest of the world was doing. And it was the best thing I've ever done. And so when you go back to wedding photography, I think it's encouraging that I look back at the last 10 years of business and I can honestly say that the best ideas, the most profitable ideas are the ideas where I decided to not look at what the rest of the world was doing and to make it my own. And those are also the most scary ideas because who invites people to their house for a cookout, you know, in a business setting? (laughs) No one else is doing that. I think it's weird, but it works and Mm -hmm. it's really, that's encouraging to me. So I I am very much self-conscious about that sometimes. Like I want to make sure I'm up on all the newest trends, but I also have to recognize that trends don't work for us. We have to create trends. And when we create trends, that's our best work that we ever do. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be refreshing for a lot of people to hear you talk about how you still have that anxiety, you know, and you have to remind yourself. Um, but it it is a good reminder for people to, to, even when they're posting on social media, like who are they posting this for? Are they posting it for their, you know, potential clients? Are they posting it for the other photographers in the industry or the other florists or whoever it is, whatever industry you're in, uh, because, because you're going to look a little bit better, but you know, that look a little bit better. doesn't necessarily put food on the table. You know, that doesn't pay the bills. Impressing the other photographers in your area doesn't pay the bills. What does is booking another client. And I, so I think that, you know, even there seems to be, um, this idea that for people to grow their businesses, they have to then start posting for other people in their industry. But that's, I think, only one way, you know, one way to go, and not everybody's called to that. Um, So I think, you know, again, just taking a lesson from you and just being hyper-focused on serving your community, building that community and serving your clients well um, is really what created the business that you have today. Yeah, and the the perk of that is that the more that you focus in on what you're really good at, we realize early on we're really good at this. We're going to mm-hmm. focus on this. You know what I'm not really good at? I'm not really good at being published in Martha Stewart Weddings Magazine. <laughs> like, 
I, I've never done that, and I've never really been good at making sure that I could get in these big name magazines. Um, and I think that that should be refreshing to people. You know, I'm charging ten grand a wedding, but I've never been the person with the perfect feed on Instagram that's been like you know, featured all these places. I, and I think, you know, a mistake that some people make is that they can, um, they think they have to choose between, I'm either going to market personally or I'm going to market by being publishable. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm that those are the two worlds that people see and they feel like they can't do one or the other. And I actually think there's a huge hole in the wedding photography market where if some of those big names, super talented, fine art shooters, if they would let themselves be a little personal, oh my gosh, they would just dominate <laughs> everything. Because when I follow some people like that, um, and I see little snippets of their life on Insta Story, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love your work, and I really love who you are, who you are with your wife, who you are with your kids. But they won't share that that mm -hmm. often because they're so focused on being published. Sure. Um, so I just wish people would realize there's freedom in doing things your own way, and we are we are proof of that. Um, so anyway, that was a tangent. That was for free. <laughs> well, I do, I do. As we as we wrap up here, I do have one other question uh, for you um, about trends that you see in marketing and or uh, some common mistakes that you see people make. And I'll let you decide where where you want to start there, uh, or if you really want to start with one or the other. Um, but what are you seeing now? Um, I think what I just said that was a good example. Yeah. Feeling like you got to choose between being personable or being publishable and that, that you can't intersect the two. Um, either your feed's got to be this perfect, like fine art display of everything work wise, but nothing that's not an iPhone photo. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes there's some misconceptions there, but I, I also think that there's a lot of fear um, behind people thinking that if they're personable, they're not professional. And I, I think that that's a common, even at our workshops, I'm like, people come to our workshops and I think to myself, um, have you not read anything that I've talked about the last 10 years? Because why would you still think, how are there people that follow what we do and still think that sharing who they are is going to be a mistake, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think so many people say, well, Caitlin, I don't have a cute dog. Or Caitlin, I don't have a design background. I don't decorate a pretty house like you do. And I'm like, first of all, those are things that you make up in your own head, and it's really an excuse so that you don't have to try this new avenue of marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish more people would realize the trend of pulling away from personal marketing because you think it's going to make you unprofessional. Um, you're doing a huge disservice to your brand because you can share personally um, while still having a professional persona online. And, and I think people are missing out this, on this huge avenue of marketing power because they just pull back from that. And they think that personal marketing is reserved for people like me. Mm. That, you know, it started because you had a cute fluffy dog and <laughs> you're, an, you're an extrovert, so it's easy for you. But that's not true. You know, that's not true at all. And, and I think that there's so many people that they need permission to go do it. And and I wish that they would. I wish that they would take a leap because I, I, one of the best parts of when we do workshops at our house is the last night and we're sitting there in my living room and there's photographers that are like, you know what, I just don't have anything to share. And I'm like, no, no, let me tell you. I've known you for two days now. We've spent two days together. And I've heard you talk about your sushi obsession for two days. <laughs> and I think it's a little strange, but it's also really interesting to me that you know so much about sushi. And I think that there's other people in the world that probably are equally obsessed with sushi and you could gradually introduce that weird nuance of your life 
into a way that people would get attached to it and be like, oh yeah, I, I resonate with that. And then you start sharing things about what are, what are other aspects of your life that you're passionate about? Because the more that you give people something to be passionate about with you, the more they're going to keep coming back. Um, and and I, I wish I could sit down with everybody that struggles with this and be like, no, no, no. Let me tell you what I just heard. That's exactly what you should be sharing. Um, but I can't do that with everybody. So I just <laughs> get on a podcast and say, stop backing away from prof- like professionally sharing your life personally. If that makes sense. <laughs> I talked with, uh, when when I had Tyler Harrington on, and we talked about this a little bit, especially through video. I mean, again, and I've said it a number of times, it, you know, especially in that episode, where Instagram, Instagram stories is a great medium to get used to that because yeah. it disappears after 24 hours. So yeah, as hard exactly. as it is, you just have to deal with it for 24 hours, and then it's gone. You know, and the more you do it, yeah. I think the more comfortable you get with it. Yes. And the more attached people get to you and they don't even look at your feed anymore. They just want to see videos of your daughter. And then when you have a great wedding that you blog, it's like icing on the cake. Like look at these gorgeous pictures that they're pushing me towards through Insta stories. So yeah, totally. Insta stories, you have no excuse. Yeah. Uh, You know, you just give it a shot. So I I definitely think, and I know a lot of people say this all the same message but I want people to look at our life and our business and what we've done for 10 years and recognize that even though the world's changed and the internet has changed there's one thing that has remained the same and it's that whatever your god-given gifts are personality wise you're always going to win with that there's no way that that won't work for you. Um, the only way it's not going to work is if you start backing away from that um, and I think most people do that for three reasons one you're burned out Two, you're lacking in experience and you're not confident. Or three, you're just working for money's sake. Those are the three type of people that can't seem to make the personality marketing work for them. And it's because their heart's not in the right place. Um, Or they don't have the capacity to market their business that way. So if you're in those three categories, we need to get you out of there Mm -hmm. so you can start personally marketing in a way that's effective. And that makes so much sense, right? I I mean, that's how we connect with one another you know, outside of business, why wouldn't it be true um, for our businesses? And I think uh, even just the way, I mean, the ways that uh, social media uh, is developing um, kind of validate that, you know, like, yeah. uh, and Tyler, if Tyler listens to this, will laugh at me, but messenger marketing, uh, Facebook messenger marketing is uh, oh. is becoming a thing. Um, you know, people being DM'd on Instagram, like I have, you know, especially one of my younger siblings, um, he, he chats with his friends through Instagram DM, you know, and so it makes sense that more and more people are going to start reaching out to you through, you know, messaging. Um, And that just, that just makes sense. So is there anything else? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, this is, I'm glad we talked about what we did because this is the heartbeat of why we are still thriving 10 years later when the average wedding photographer ends their business at year eight. Um, I think that's the normal cutoff point for most photographers. Is that, I guess, I guess, okay, so I would assume that the average life of a photographer, not life, but uh, business life, right? That would be really depressing. It's two years. Uh, No, uh, (laughs) the average business life is probably much shorter than eight. But if you, if you have a, if you grow a uh, business that makes it past maybe five years, then you probably get to eight. Yeah. On average. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, um, yeah, they can't get their price point high enough 
to where they can shoot less weddings and make the same amount and they get burned out and they have to have a change of pace. They can't keep doing what they were doing. Michael and I could not be shooting 40 weddings a year like we used to and start our family and grow our family. Um, I know other people that do it and it's incredible, but there's a cutoff point where it's like, this is too much even physically to Mm -hmm. keep doing every weekend and the reason why i think that's important to what we've been talking about this whole time is that um the only way that you can rise above the standard price point in your area or in your your market as a wedding photographer the only way you can beat that um it's either if you are super in demand because you are just incredibly fine art focused and publishable you know or you have people falling in love with you to where they're going to spend whatever they can to become a KJ bride. And that is happening because of personality, not because my images are spectacular. So if you want to raise prices and maintain longevity in your business and not get burned out and still enjoy what you do, you've got to learn how to raise prices. And that only comes through the value of who you are personally. And that was a mouthful. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) No, it definitely makes sense. I also think this kind of uh, a personal prediction that, um, we'll start to see more and more people scale their business with associates. You know, I think like that was something that used to be more common. And I think that people are going to drift back to that because it makes sense for so many people. Some people might love to be photographers, built a successful business, but necessarily don't want to necessarily deal with the the photography aspect of things before. So they'll go work for somebody else or vice versa. They'll let others um, work for them. And I think the person to look to that has done that so well, but also has still marketed personally is Nancy Ray. Because Nancy Ray constantly, she has associates, she has a great team, but she doesn't, a lot of people say if you have associates, like, oh, Caitlin, you'll never have associates because you can't market yourself personally anymore. It's not about working with Caitlin, it's all this team of people. Um, While I don't think we'll have associates, I do think that it's very possible to personally market an associate photography business. And Nancy Ray does that. I I love seeing behind the scenes of their team meetings and their team events. They go out to dinner with the whole team and they hang out with their husbands. And I know her entire team just like I know her because of the way that she markets her team personally. And so if anyone wants to do that or wants to have a team, um, Nancy Ray actually has a shop that is incredible and it has resources that I have not been able to find elsewhere. So just a little plug from my, my friend Nancy, but she's great and has all the resources for that so yeah well well, i might have to reach out to her and 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 have a separate conversation about uh you know team building and things like that with her because again i I gotta imagine that um marketing a personal brand and even having associates makes people trust those associates that much more oh my Um, gosh yeah so i want to thank you uh for for coming on the show and sharing all of that with us and there's just so much i think for people to to work through which is such a good thing um Yeah. But if people want to learn more, uh, where where should they go? Um, honestly, it's going to sound funny, but I honestly think that Instagram is a great place to get to know who I am as a person. Um, but once you're on Instagram, you're going to quickly find that like there's two different worlds of our life. There's the photography world for like being a wedding photographer, and then there's the education side. And the educational side, um, I, I think being a part of our email list, we have a KJ education um Facebook group that you do not have to buy anything to be a part of. It's just a free place to gain insight um, and to be in a positive community online. Uh, and so that's a great place. And um, and if you are a photographer that's looking to learn, but in an affordable way, KJL Access is probably our most exciting, most popular. It's definitely our most popular way that we're educating. Um, and it's also our most personable because basically what we're doing is we allow people every month 
uh, you can become a member and you just constantly every month you get content where you're watching me shoot through my wedding season and my portrait season. So it's behind the scenes shoots, weddings, portrait sessions. It's hilarious. But you do learn something, I promise. <laughs> well, you know, and, and w- one thing I want to say about that, which, you know, I'm sure if you're just getting started out, this yeah. is this is a great place to go. But yeah. even if you are an established photographer, right. this is this is also a community for you. One of our good friends in our area, she she has an established business, um, and she's part of KJL Access, mm-hmm. and uh, and she loves it, you know. And she's she told us uh, herself that uh, she doesn't really like you know going on. She doesn't. She doesn't. She's never online courses have never really jived with her, but she mm-hmm. loves this because it's just so nice to see mm-hmm. how somebody else does it. Does it? You know, uh, and, and then and then also to be so part different. of a community. Right, and and I think the cool thing about KJL Access is that for me, um, I am just doing what I do. And then I go back and I rewatch what I do and I think, oh, Caitlin, you look like a hot mess. <laughs> but I get to go and I, there's no better way to explain people a thought process than to film yourself in the process of doing it and then be able to teach from that point on. And and, um, and that means people are seeing like the bad stuff, you know, me tripping over things, uh, weird lighting situations, bad vendor interactions, you know, how do we handle <laughs> that? I mean, they literally get access. They get all access to everything behind the scenes. And we've had people say, hey, I've been in business for eight years um, and I needed inspiration for how to change and move forward. I don't want to get burned out. And this is the answer. And then we've had people say, hey, I'm just getting started. And I've learned more from this than I did second shooting because I can rewind and rewatch it over again. And um, and so that it's really cool. It was this idea I had in the middle of the night. And now it's really affecting thousands of photographers businesses. And I love it. So yeah, there's there's links to that through our Instagram account. You can you can find it there. But really, we just we feel honored and blessed that we get to share in people's lives and in their businesses. And um, if God allows us to keep doing this for a long time, we'll be really excited about that. So, well, you'll also be able to find act or uh, links to that in the show notes. So if you head over to the show notes, we'll we'll make sure that we link to your Instagram and KJLXS and all the different resources that you have uh, available to people right now. Um, so thank you again. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get to do this again soon. I would love that. Thanks, Davey. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DaveyAndKrista.com.